0: Welcome to The Humble Hustle, the only podcast for inspiration and motivation with real-world examples of failures that redefine success for men and women who understand that hustling happens every single day. Welcome to Humble Hustle. I'm Jackie. I'm Nicole. And
1: I'm Vivian.
0: Hey, ladies, it's been a minute since we've been in this room by ourselves. It has been a while, like back to the first episode? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we've had some great people come on, and I just wanted to kind of, you know, do some recaps and talk about some lessons that we've learned, some things that were reiterated for us, um, and things that kind of like furthered our own empowerment and inspirational moments and stuff like that. Who wants to go first? Why don't you kick it off? What, What stuck for you? Um, what stuck for me? I would say really understanding the passion that everyone has about community. Yeah. Um, And I think it's one of the biggest things that we don't get to talk a lot about is how everyone is really focused on. It's not a building. Something is never about I have an idea. It's about you know I'm doing this for a community or for this need or for this group of people yeah. and I think it's something that always gets lost and when you do build something focusing on who your audience is at all times and why that's so important to you I think that's what really makes great businesses
2: yeah that's in service to something greater right mm-hmm.
0: what well, who else
2: I think for me, I loved hearing kind of the repetition from Amy Peterson, from James Chapman, from Niles, that truly their passion in entrepreneurship started as children. And they Mm -hmm. had, Terrence as well, had great stories of starting Newspaper routes or Amy's lemonade stand story was such a great lesson in what the cost of entrepreneurship is and and, and making her four dollars and having her mom take about two fifty of it in the cost of right. kind of manufacturing and rent and I thought that was <laughs> hilarious and you know uh, so true mm-hmm. um, that just because family gives you money does not mean it's free yeah exactly <laughs> um, but that their passion started really young and probably before they even knew what it was, Mm -hmm. that they just had this passion to to do more, to do something, to have an idea and and be able to articulate it without being like, I'm an entrepreneur, like, Mm -hmm. but that it's been with them forever, because I'm someone that started really early on. Um, And so I I think it's, there's that pattern there, that there's just that kind of always wanting to be kind of outside the box. Right,
1: right. Yeah, I I really enjoy the owner of Rebel Nail when she shared the concept or structure when she spoke about the LC3. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that was like new to me. And it's thinking about like what kind of business would I be able to structure that has um, a high social impact, but a low revenue generation. Um, because you're really looking to look at how you can develop the community, and specifically for women. So that one has just kind of like stuck in my being, you know, and looking at like, wow, this is a a way to get revenue from large corporations where you don't have to go out and try to beat people's doors down and looking at the competition factor because a lot of them have resources that are segmented for those type of business, Mm -hmm. you know, um, entities. So. That was really cool to me. Um, yeah. And again, yeah. also
2: you can do it without having the same kind of oversight that a nonprofit would have when all the reporting that goes with right. that responsibility. Yes. So it's yes. a nice balance between the two um, and, and really can create a lot of, depending on your state, uh, create impact for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And so it just always brings me back to um, how how I always try to try or make sure I define our business is like, everything has to have an impact. And right. if it doesn't have an impact, I'm really not interested in it. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about this all the time of like, okay, well, what's the end result? What does this look like? And, you know, I can envision something from start to finish, but I'm always about like, what's the takeaway? What, how does someone feel when they walk away from it? Um, what do they use when they are done with us? You know what I mean? Like right. when we're done with our contract, what did you get out of this? Not only, you know, Yes, I got this reporter. Yes, I got this new brand design or whatever that looks like. But what was the experience? What are the small key points that you're going to remember? And how is it really going to impact your business or the audience you serve?
2: And remind our listeners what your company does.
0: So we do a lot. (laughs) Too much (laughs) sometimes. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So we are a boutique consulting agency. Um, We specialize in creating impacts in different ways for small businesses, nonprofits, and educational and government agencies. So whether that is strategy from branding strategy to strategic planning or business planning, all the way to development in terms of fundraising, grant writing, um, training, training, and then training. So a lot of professional development or just, you know, workshops and, and doing leadership training, the whole gamut of what makes your business better. And so we go in and we really try to help people understand, you know, oh, I need new marketing. And it's like, actually, you need a little bit more than new marketing. It's not just, I need this messaging campaign. You actually need culture training or, you know, you guys need, um, you know, leadership training. And how does that work when you bring it back together? Like one of our clients for the Jane Goodall is the Jane Goodall Institute. And they were like, oh, we just need, you know, someone to help us figure out how to target messaging to this audience. And so, you know, once we got in there, after we did our initial conversation, you know, Viv is like, actually, you guys need, like, cultural training. because right. <laughs> A lot of training, right? Yeah. So
1: training on how to, um, you know, look at – um distribution of the information of the mm-hmm. changes that they've made in their organizational structure the systems you know they all, went all the way back to their mission vision and core values and how does that resonate common language i think was another piece because mm-hmm. they were all trying to say the same thing but they were saying something different and so when we you know did our you know initial intake with them it was like i'm writing all of these notes and they were like you're writing too much Why is she writing so much, right? (laughs) Right? But it was like these things that we wanted to make sure that we pointed out. And, um, you know, right now we are hosting, facilitating, you know, this is our way of giving back to the community. We're um, offering a six-week entrepreneurship program to 33 youth in the city of Detroit. And um not an opportunity to generate a lot of revenue, but it's just really covering the cost of, you know, being able to have a space and produce the resources to train these young people. And I think it's really important is that we whet the appetites of, you know, young folks at a very young age, um, to get them to see that this is another pathway that they can take as well. So Helping them to see and to create some ideas around um, an area that they think that they could be successful as it relates to business, I think is real important. And Um,
2: and giving them the tools because it's not just about having ideas. How do you articulate that and and how do you go from A to B? So that's huge because ideas are great. You know, but execution is what is rewarded and so being able to give them that opportunity is amazing.
1: Yeah. So what about you, Nicole? Tell us what you do, young lady. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Remind everyone. Remind everyone.
2: <laughs> do uh, I am. I am a writer by trade. I write a lot of content for companies who are looking for web content and storytelling. Um, but typically, when we get into that, much like you, sometimes we see something a lot deeper than mm-hmm. it's not just a marketing campaign and new words you're looking at for. You really need some direction. Right. And so I kind of come on board as a as an operations person for hire and kind of sit in the background and see what ways we can better operate. Are you really telling your story? Is the product that you say is the product you sell. Is that really your product? Or is it the little side thing that you've been making on the side that's mm-hmm. like selling like crazy? And you're like, yeah, no, 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 you don't no people don't really need that. We just like making those. Yes. Yeah, but you're selling ton of those and this thing that you're forcing right. isn't working. Mm-hmm. And that's where your story is. And so aligning all of that to really get them, because great things Suffer not because they weren't great, but because no one knows about that. Right. Um, and so getting everything aligned, both what they're doing and how they're doing it, and getting it all aligned into a particular project for them so that they can kind of move forward in a much healthier way
1: yes and that is what has made this wonderful connection between the three of us is that we're all trying to get you know um small businesses large corporations to understand you know that there is a unique way that they need to position themselves by telling a story right and a great story because we find that that is one of the root causes of the demise of a lot of small businesses, you know, that we've been working with and going back and doing that Mm rebranding, looking at, you know, them coming up with a shared vision and then moving that into actionable steps through some training, you know, is what, turns around, transforms, you know, them into this successful organization.
2: Yeah. Or helping them in a lot of, I have a sweet spot for tech startups that I, I really love, but I've worked with older companies who are kind of suffering the same thing is that they've become so old, they need to become new. Yes. So technologies have changed. A lot of the companies that work with are technology-based. It's like, okay, but what's the 2.0 version of you? Because what you do is dying off. Yes. so how are you going to move into the next century how are you how are you tra- changing with the technology that you depend on and so getting them to kind of look at it it's not that you need a new marketing message you mm-hmm. actually need to pivot you need a new structure Right. <laughs> which is a much yes. and this is what you're doing with sometimes it's a much bigger thing they see mm-hmm. it as you know, we're selling less stuff we clearly need a new marketing campaign and it's like we right. need to like get past like the skin, like we mm-hmm. need to like get into the muscle and the skeletal, you know, view of your, your, your business because it's deeper than making it look pretty again. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I find it um, really odd that when we're working with clients and we ask to see their organizational chart there is some resistance or hesitation. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, we want to see like what are the different divisions and right. where and what the are the roles and responsibilities of the leaders, which is who we generally meet with. And when you look at it, it's this, you know, this um, linear, you know, uh, and it needs to be, you know, the verticals don't align with the linear, you know, right. um, Structure. structures that they have. And um, just because of the way or by the nature of how the organization was structured 20 years ago, they have maintained that structure and they keep it on paper. So when, you know, their subordinates or middle management are trying to figure out who do they go to, you know, to talk to about a problem, it's, you know, so misleading, you know, and it creates a lot of chaos, you know, within the organization. So, I, you know, it's funny that you say that, and I'm thinking, like, wow, you know, we've seen so many organizational charts, and we're like, oh, my
0: God. You right. know? But what's always so crazy to me about what the org chart tells you right. is someone has been – they know they're functioning in chaos. They've been functioning in chaos for so long, but rather than fix that chaos by, like, restructuring an organization or changing their operations – They're just like, we're just going to put this pretty Band-Aid on it and give this new person this new project even. Or, you know, it's just always something that doesn't really make sense. And you just constantly see it become a demise. So, you know, I think especially in in the three of us and what we do, it's, yeah, someone comes and says, Hey, this is just what I need. And it's usually something very surface level, like you said. So on the skin, you know, I need branding or I need funding or I we just need training. And it's like actually you like need a complete operational overhaul because, you know, right. not only do you need this training, but once we give this training, some of the roles change or the and system And the job
1: description. Yeah, the system right. changes yeah.
0: or you know, the way you all are operating, this doesn't really make sense. Why does this go to the comms person before it goes to sales? or, you know what I mean, like, shouldn't the salesperson have some type of say in this because they actually see the numbers every day? Um, And we just end up in this, like, rabbit hole of almost, like, restructuring businesses from the outside. Um, So it's really great to see, but it's just always so interesting how you get these companies that are disruptors, but then once they get something and they've been selling something, they don't want to disrupt their internal procedures to be better. Right. Right. Which is just insane well, to me because I'm like, this is how you got here.
2: Well, and and my husband used to deal with this with his former employer. And it was like, but it's always worked this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, are, are you kidding me? But, mm-hmm. but you started this company in the 1980s. The world right. has changed. Mm-hmm. And so th- we used to do it this way. It's clearly not working because we're watching numbers repeatedly go down. Like mm-hmm. something has to change. Like, no, no, but it's always, work. it's going to come back. It's always right. worked this way. And it's like.
1: Yeah, (laughs) we just recently looked at a couple of opportunities um, on um, job task analysis or, you know, in my world coming from education, we call it a DACUM, developing a curriculum. And in that process, you have to review all of the job descriptions. And maybe in the last four or five clients that I've had, um, the job descriptions are indicative of technology and systems from 10, 15, 20 years ago. And then they wonder right. why employees are complaining or that they get this pushback in, you know, or insubordination to say, that's not in my job description. And you're like, but 10 years ago, that technology didn't even exist. (laughs) Absolutely. And so it is so crazy, you know, that they don't think that that is a part of the day-to-day operations. You know, it's like, when is this reviewed? Are you doing it annually, quarterly? You know, if you're revamping systems, if everything is going to the cloud, (laughs) you know, and we're not using floppy disk and hard drives and all of these Mm -hmm. things. All of that language has to change. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times the people at the top, their heads are in clouds because they don't understand, you know, what the work that's being done by, you know, the people that right. they've hired. And, you know, it's like, well, that, that's, we, 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 we shouldn't have to change that. That language should stand the test of time. Just because you say the word technology you have to be very definitive about the type of systems that right. you want people to use. And if you're not intentional about that, then people begin to do what they want to do. Right. Not what you expect them to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it's just um, just been an interesting, you know, maybe the last five years of the yeah. things that I've been able to observe um, but, you know, fruitful work, I love it, you know, I know that there's always a need for our expertise, you know, in working with various clients, um, which is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. So back to um, the the thing about always being an entrepreneur. Um, you two both have a very specific experience with that. And so what were some of the stories that were like, um, Reminded you of when it happened for you, like when you realized that you had to be an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, uh, repeatedly being in the corporate world reminded me (laughs) that I needed to be an entrepreneur. Um,
1: The layoffs, the layoffs were mine as a teacher. The layoffs.
2: I think the twenty. This story is kind of the biggest version of it, but it happened repeatedly throughout my life. In 2012, I was working for a tech company. I was chatting openly with a, a colleague and he had mentioned his salary in that conversation. We were talking about him raising his family and how he's going to do it on this amount of money. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Because he was beneath me on the org chart. Um he was making $75,000 a year more than me. And it wasn't like I was making a million and he was making a million and 75. The 75,000 was a significant jump right. over my paycheck. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And when I went to HR with this, their answer was, well, he has a wife and children at home. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I have a husband and children at home. Yeah. I I spent a week rocking around the office, literally hunched over. They're like, What are you doing? I'm like, Well, I'm just trying to keep my head from hitting the glass ceiling. Yeah. Um, and they finally gave me a raise. It was not $75,000. And at that point, I'm like, Just so you know, I'm leaving February 28th. Yeah. You've got two months to replace me. Yeah. That, that was, I'm like, Nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not going to have someone ever again tell me what I am or I'm not worth based on what I have or I do not have at home. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I'm like, That's an absurdity. Because yeah. first of all, his his wife was a is, a is a broadcaster here in Detroit and makes a very good paycheck. This was not, they were not living on his paycheck.
0: Yeah. Like, this is
2: someone, sh- he brought home a good income, she brought home a good income. Right. I'm mm-hmm. like, that is not, a, regardless, if she brought home nothing, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But in fact, she brought home more than he did. Yeah. I'm like, this is the dumbest story I've ever heard, an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and my husband and I, our incomes were much more aligned. Mm-hmm. I was like, you've got to be kidding me.
0: So what, what? Do you think it's going to take for us as women to get past that an equal rights amendment <laughs> an equal pay amendment. because i was just talking to a friend he works in um he works in hr he's one of the chief diversity and talent officers um for one of the big automotive suppliers and you know he was saying he was he had a big meeting last week and he was like so nervous because they were doing annual reviews across the across all the departments and he was literally evening the playing field. So where everyone was getting their raise, some he was making sure that men weren't getting more than 5% so that he could justify, you know, when he sat at the table, like, no, she gets 10 to 15, so we can make her on the same playing field as him. Right. Like, how do we stop this? And he's like, you know, those were really hard conversations because um, he is African-American, and, you know, he's sitting at a table, and he's the only person of color, and he's saying... I understand what you're used to getting, you know, your 10 percent, but you're not getting your 10 percent this year because we have to equalize equalize this pay, these pay grades. And I can't have, you know, women doing the same work or more or like like you being more being responsible for more and finding out that, you know, subordinates are making more than them or that their counterpart is making that much more. Right. I I think
1: that's one of the reasons why I have kind of segmented my business in the field of education because it's been a a female dominated industry for the most part so there's not a lot of you know disparities or discrimination when it comes to you know income and you know, fees that you can actually charge. Unfortunately,
2: the disparity has been across that entire industry. Yeah. And that's where that disparity is. Yeah, So, yeah, yeah,
1: relative to to that particular segment. But, um, you know, when you go in and you want to do consulting work or, you know, when you're hired in to do a, you know, specific job, You know, that that you've never seen where there has been a lot of discrepancy in, you know, what a male or a female would be paid, you know, from K-12 all the way up to higher ed. But when I, you know, began to make the pivot to work in other industries like tech or, you know, when I was approached to work in the, you know, with a medical industry or a bank, um, the negotiation of, you know, what they were willing to pay me was... You know, ridiculous. It's like, well, we can't pay more than this. I even experienced um, a challenge where there was an RFP written, and because I met all of the different qualifications, so, you know, you get 100 all the way across all the scoring, but because of the dollar amount, they decided to reissue the RFP, you know, to bring down the, the requirements, so they segmented it at a specific dollar amount in order to, you know, to have some competition there. And my counterpart was a male. I just pulled my name out, you know, because it was a lot of work. This person was just getting into the field. And if that was the way that they wanted to represent the organization in this, they should have done it. But, you know, it's like, you know, what do you do? Do you challenge something like that? You know, it was already a lot of work anyway. um, And, you know, do they really know what they want? Um, and I felt like they didn't know what they really wanted relative to that particular opportunity. But, you know, so I have, you know, through my growth process, been able to discern where I feel like I'm going to be valued. Right. And I really focus on, you know, targeting those particular organizations or enterprises or, you know, professional professions. Um, as to who I want to do business with. Right. Um, Because if you are compromising, you know, me and you don't value me, you know, what does that do for my self-confidence and my integrity? And I'm always going to second-guess myself when I come to the table to compete with other organizations because I'm a
0: female. How did you figure out that value, though?
1: Well, I think it just took um, for, you know, people in leadership to mentor me to say, hey, you know, you have much more experience than this person. Go after this opportunity. Right. And, and, you know, and charge what you know you are worth. Right. You know, don't water down your prices because, you know, you, you feel like, you know, it's too much. Most of the contracts that, you know, that I have worked under have been state and federal grants. So, You know, I understand the dollar amount that's being distributed across, you know, educational, you know, organizations, so I knew, you know, from that perspective just because of my experience in working in that environment. But it's an important point, we have to
2: advocate for ourselves, like on average men will
1: go back to the table for two
2: rounds of negotiations where women do not. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we have to be better, you know, until the system finds a better way to balance itself to make sure we are advocating for ourselves every yeah. time and not just being so excited that someone hired us. We're like, yes! Yeah. 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 Right. I remember
0: my last job for a city, um, one of the biggest cities in the world, and I was—I didn't even go after this position. I was sought out for it. So I'd interviewed for a different role. Um, they said, actually, you're overqualified for this. You should apply for this. So the their internal HR moved me around, sent this resume um, to this this office, and I was applying. It was a special assistant role, and it's public, right? Because it's it's government, right? So everyone's salary is public. So I think I was looking at this person's salary that I was going to replace for maybe two years ago, and they weren't even offering me that. And I was just like, no, like I didn't ask <laughs> to come here. Like right. I didn't ask for this this table or this seat. Like, right. You know, so I literally went back and forth maybe three or four times in negotiations of, you know, no, that's not enough. And if I I can do the calculations and then, you know, me just knowing a little bit about numbers, I know a lot about numbers, but okay, if this percentage, he's getting this increase, this is the average increase for this type of employee, you know, this is probably what he's making, and it's well over six figures. Why am I getting a 75 for working 16-hour days? Right. Like, it's the budget is there. Like, don't tell me the budget's not there because he's been getting more than that for the past three years, and right. I can easily mm-hmm. see that, you know? And I just, I ask the question because I think if you don't have someone that advocates for you, um, you don't have anyone that's really told you what the value is, other than, you know, Googling something on Glassdoor back then. You know, how do you figure that out? How do you find out? Because it to me, it kind of goes back to what you were mentioning earlier um, before we started about people constantly asking for a discount. Yeah. You know, and as a consultant, No. yeah like no i can't i can't afford to give you a discount like this is my livelihood like i don't have some trust somewhere sitting like this is actually how i just make my money and i don't have a a hobby that i do for fun yeah yeah and so you know to me one of the biggest parts of entrepreneurship was learning that value it took me a really long time i think if i didn't have you know my mom viv it would have taken even longer. You know, yeah. we were just looking at, you know, someone else's rates and we were like, I was surprised. You know, yeah. <laughs> she could charge more. What does that look like? Right. You know, and how do you empower someone to do that? How do you pay them what they're worth and pay them more? Because I don't think there are a lot of people that are willing to do that for others. Right. So, you know, it's like, I know what you charge, but I'm going to give you a little bit more because... Number one, I know I'm probably going to get on your nerves Uh, (laughs) I ask a lot of questions. (laughs) And I'm always like, what does this look like? How do we do this? Can we change this? But also, you know, because I know what those hours are like. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard for, I think, constantly for people that have 9 to 5s, and and this is just a traditional 9 to 5. I was a 9 to 5 for a very long time, to understand that, like, I don't get to clock out. Right. You you never let me clock yeah, out. Yeah, that salary position. Yeah. is always like something
1: that's a real challenge. You go to challenge. work,
0: you go home. Because I am an entrepreneur. Because I am. Because I'm a consultant. You feel like I should just be working at all times. Yeah. So you know, you know how many times I get someone like, well, you didn't answer my email, but you're on Instagram. This is my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> you are invading my privacy right now. Hilarious. You know, and what does that look like? I'm on How's, lunch break, right? or a smoke break, something right? like. Right? No, I didn't answer your email because I don't have. Too, because you sent yeah. it after five o'clock, and if yeah. I were in an office, you wouldn't expect an email back until the morning. Yeah, so right, you know what I mean. So how do you create that dynamic? For sure, what does that look like? And then just going back to understanding, you know, paying people what they're worth, paying for products. Yeah, you know, Melissa and I are very good friends. I never go in there asking for a discount. She just throws stuff at me, but I never ask for it.
2: And and that's a really important thing to talk about because the thing that grinds yeah. me and Boy, if you've ever talked to me about this offline, you will know, because <laughs> I've, I've had clients who have been like this. They are, and I'm air rabbits, influencers, mm-hmm. who are like, and these are people who tout, know your worth. Make sure you get paid what mm-hmm. you're worth. Women, entrepreneurs, influencers, and then it will turn and be like, so can you do that for me for free? Yeah. Like, I will get you so many likes, people are gonna just, you know, you'll get so many more clients because of me, and we're talking about people who have like under 50,000 followers. Mm-hmm. You aren't, no offense, you aren't influencing shit. Right. It's a, <laughs> you just aren't. Mm-hmm. And so for whatever my business is worth, $2,000 contract, $5,000 contract, 7, 000, no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. Yeah. You know, it's different. If you and I came together and are like, hey, I want to do this thing, I'll put in some money, you'll put in some money, we can share some time, we'll both get something out of it, we'll share the media. That's a different animal. Mm -hmm. If you are a young entrepreneur and you're going after Coca Cola for like, you want mini made juice for your, Mm -hmm. your brunch, that's awesome don't hit up the entrepreneur and her nine dollar juice right and think she's gonna give it to you for free mm-hmm. like huge companies have budgets for, for endorsements and, and and sponsorships go hit them up Mm -hmm. But if you really want to tell people that they should know their worth, then pay them. Pay them a little extra. Pay them, and make sure that when you go on the morning news to talk about your event, you drag them
0: all Mm -hmm. with you.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I, I think
1: it's also important is that you know when you're talking to entrepreneurs, I ran across this, um, this tool, and it's um, a consultant rate calculator, and it factors in everything. It factors in. Um, all of your benefits it factors in you know professional development travel mileage all of these things that you would perceivably get if you were working for a corporation to give you that dollar amount annual income that you want and um, I'm all for our growing um, you know small businesses you know up-and-coming entrepreneurs that was another theme that I yeah. you know want to mm-hmm. say that kind of permeated with the um the guests that we've had on the show, how they are looking to grow these young people that they're bringing into their companies Mm -hmm. and then helping them to spin off and, you know, run a segment of services that, you know, they can actually lean on so it reduces their cost of ownership or operation. But um, I think it's also important, you know, for the young professional to look at how they can transition from employee to consultant you right. know to get that time and that 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 calculator helps you to see that it's like nobody is paying for my medical you know, my, you know, my dental, any of these things, I either have to purchase this insurance on my own or I got to pay out of pocket. And oftentimes, you know, if you're a pretty healthy person, you'll see that most of the time, you know, your employer is charging more money to your, you know, your income or taxing Mm -hmm. it more than if you were to go get a mammogram and an, um, pap smear and get your teeth clean you know a couple times a year you might spend a grand or a little over right where if you're paying three hundred dollars every two weeks you know through some insurance plan you know it's like do the Mm -hmm. math you know so um, I, I think about that, and then you know I think about like what you're saying, um, and I think that what's important is looking at the art of negotiating with you know a lot of folks, especially when they have services too.
0: Right.
1: When you turn it to where it says, you know, can you give me this for free? And you ask the question, well, what will what? How can you provide services to my organization? Right. It takes on a totally right. different right. And dynamic. the
0: answer isn't, I have followers.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely absolutely
0: and then i think most of the time they don't even understand how those followers work right and a a lot of them are not organic uh, uh, oh you're about to go
1: into another realm right what
0: percentage of your followers actually engage with you or purchase your own stuff you know what i mean like yes what are those those i'm a local detroit based
2: business are your followers here in detroit because i only do stuff in detroit right i don't ship my fresh juice to california right now so if you're like oh yeah i got a ton of followers in texas california and florida so well, I, yeah. I sell juice in seven locations in Detroit. Right. So that's it.
1: That's it. <laughs> and so your your followers mean nothing mm-hmm. yeah. to me. And then we don't know if they purchase the flower followers. Right. What With if you didn't you earn them. them? You know what I mean? What if you didn't grow them organically? Right. So you're telling me that you're going to, you know, give me access right. to this. And I don't know if these originated from the, you know, the success of your business and your efforts and your right. grind and mm-hmm. hustle. You know, I mean, you you, right. you just don't know, you know. So it's so misconceiving, you know, yeah. to a certain extent. But And the reality is
2: that the true influencers of the world, A, do not ever walk into a store and are like, give me it for free. Yes. Yeah. The, the Beyonce's, the J-Lo's, right. the, the, the Rihanna's, the, they do not, all these sports people... They have endorsement and sponsorship agreements, mm-hmm. and even on a small level, I don't care if you're starting out. Go get an endorsement or a sponsorship agreement. Yeah. Go to a, go to a, a small business boutique law firm and help help a, a sister out yeah. and have her write up that document. Go get it on LegalZoom. Right, Those things yeah. exist and help outline because it'll help both sides of these entrepreneurs who maybe don't know the business. Like, oh, yeah, if you're gonna give me my stuff for free. I need to produce something, thing. whether it's media coverage or my sh- stuff's printed all over your stuff, yeah. or whatever that is. That the, that it is a it is a tit for tat. It is mm-hmm. not just a tit, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Which <laughs> yeah. is what it feels like so often on the influencer side. It was like yeah, I'm going to make you famous.
1: Yeah, and I I think that um, right. when Annika was here, um, I can't remember if she shared this in the discussion either before, or after the po- or during the podcast, but. She, um, she stated that, you know, sh- they have a lot of people that are coming to their businesses because, uh, you know, they have the dealerships, and they're asking for funding. Yeah. but they don't utilize, you know, their services. Mm-hmm. Right. So, it, you know, maybe if you came to me and said, hey, if you, you were know, a family that we, we only want the good life, there. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, then I wouldn't have a problem or, you know, we want the good life to sponsor this and purchase, you know, pens or bags or baseball caps or whatever for our program and you utilize us to help you to do some work on your business plan or writing a strategy for you to, you know, to move into a different right. arena. Um, then absolutely, you know, right. we would be willing to contribute funds for that. Right. But mm-hmm. when you've never, you know, came in and asked for anything, you know, relative to a revenue generating opportunity for us, right. then what? Why is there an expectation for right. us to do something for
0: free? Right. Well, Especially if you told me I was too expensive. Right. Well, and it also <laughs> Wait, now you want my donation.
1: <laughs>
2: frequently, these small businesses who actually on their own are doing just fine without these yeah. influencers. And it's like. Yeah. But but you are creating
0: genuine loyalty. Genuine loyalty through the work
2: that they do within the community, and people have great name recognition for them. So sometimes I'm like, it's like the grasshopper and the ant. You know, Mm -hmm. forever the ant thought it was so afraid of the grasshopper, and the reality was the grasshoppers can't survive without the ants. And all of a sudden the ants need to be like oh hold on a second right <laughs> like who's really the influencer the show, here is yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. again that goes back to knowing your worth right so right. that when you're 100%. in those conversations you really know where you stand toe to toe with someone we're not saying don't do it we're saying be smart on yeah. both sides of it for both of you because If it's a really great endorsement opportunity or sponsorship opportunity, both of you should grow. Mm -hmm. One of you shouldn't be like, I cannot believe I just did like $600 box of candy. Yeah, let's partner. Say,
1: you know, if you're launching this and you want, you know, the assistance or services of our agency, then say, hey, why don't I give you a 20% stake in this? And you know, at that time, you know, we can do a one-year contract or two-year contract. And then at the end of that contract, you can compensate us because we've helped your business to grow. Right. Um, But, you know, outside of that, you know, I don't have a a whole lot of time to donate services and my time and effort. Um, I try to be very intentional about picking and choosing the things that I do want to donate our time to. Right. But, you know, just... You know, Jackie can post something out on social media and then we'll get a flood of, you know, people coming and asking, can you help me do this? Right. And we do free consultations, but we we hope that the ones that we select to entertain, yeah. that they will evolve into a business Sure. opportunity you know yeah, absolutely, and relationship right so we we want to have and build relational capacity with small businesses and entrepreneurs in the yeah. city in Metro Detroit area but not on the strength of us providing something free Right. where you come with a list We're and you not. ask all the questions Well, it's
0: not even that it's I mean it just goes back to impact I mean I'll talk to anybody you know for sure I'm fine with somebody picking my brain because like you said Everybody has an idea. Right. It's the execution. Like, so I can sit and answer all your questions. How do I get this? How do I get that? You got to do the work. That's always my answer. Right. Well, I can give you a list of stuff to do. Come back to me in two weeks and show me what you did. And then we can have a real conversation. Not many people are going to do that part. Right. Right. So that's why, you know, I don't mind sharing. I don't mind giving the free consultation. I don't mind sitting and having right. coffee or going to dinner. We can talk beyond end, Right. But until you actually do the work. You're not really wasting my time. Like, I don't mind sharing the knowledge. Right. You're and if, wasting your own time. And if you actually do the work,
2: you'll then know why I charge for it. Right. right? You know, And I think the ones that really better me is while my time is worth money, those that are in manufacturing are beyond their time is worth money. They have mm-hmm. physically put money in to create something. Yeah. So now to provide something to you for
0: nothing – is putting them in a negative. Right. I'm at zero, right. Not they're now in a negative space. I had labor too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. creating and I having the idea, doing the labor, spending the time doing it on top of all the other stuff. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I guess that's what I'm saying though, Jack, is that um, when we spend time, if we designate a whole day to just, you know, having consultations, right? right? And there might be five different opportunities for us to go after our RFPs or, you know, to submit proposals. Mm-hmm those hours could have been spent on crafting that, especially if the people that are coming to the table are not serious. Right. And and I say that because oftentimes we've had a conversation with them on the phone or over coffee or lunch or whatever, but then they decide that they want to come and be a more, little more private or intimate about their idea. Right. You know, they want to have this close off space to say, do you really think that it's a good idea and you know, and then you go through these iterations of responding to the questions and you know, they don't move on it. So I think it's really hard. It's like come when but you're ready. I, yeah.
0: yeah, so that's what I was saying. So, you know, it goes back to impact. You can give anybody the toolkit. Right. Are you willing to make the sacrifices for that impact? Right. Do you understand what this means? Are you willing to do that work? So that right. you can get it, because everyone comes to us like we have a magic pill. Like we just drop it in, everybody, yeah. everybody gets money, everybody has a flourishing business. As soon as you come and mess with the good life, you know, right? Be on TV like Diddy or something. Like no, there's a lot of work that goes right. behind that. And isn't
2: it the biggest problem when you walk away from a client when you're done? Well, not because you walked away, but because you're at the end of a contract period. Like, or, are, it's like when you work with a personal trainer but are you going to keep doing it once right. the trainer does right. the show because that's really what it's about because
1: <laughs> don't talk
0: about personal training
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true I mean that's basically what you are yeah. you're a personal yes. trainer for business and yes. it's making sure that when you walk away they're going to continue with those processes mm-hmm. and continue to grow and learn from that experience so that they can do it on their own right because that's really where the magic happens is where they yes. they take the lessons internally right. and they're like oh this is where we screwed up and this is where we can be better and moving forward we're always going to do this and maybe they need to check in from time to time people forget like you can always bring consultants back yeah, yeah. and it's really healthy to check back in again are we yeah. still on the right path do we need to change yeah. the path again a hundred percent that just like you would check in with your doctor or a therapist mm-hmm. or your personal trainer like you go through you do 16 with your personal trainer. Yeah. And you can, Walk away from it for a little while, and then like you know, going to check in and do a couple of things, and like see if I can change it up because I've, I've plateaued. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with business, and that's you know I think that's the thing is right. Are they going to do it? I can right. I can tell you everything, and that's yeah. the thing. While I'm doing this, we can business, even write
0: the business plan. <laughs> cool. What are you going to do with it when we're done? <laughs> right. Are you going to execute? Yeah. You know because again, toolkit. But you're the you're the impactful one. Right. Yeah. You know no one can write that story. No one can change that narrative. No one can impact that audience more than you especially if it's your dream right yeah you and,
1: and I want to say that there are levels to the shit right <laughs> <laughs> So you have to also look at, you know, um, where they are relative to their knowledge about business ownership. Right. And and that's where I always, you know, revert revert back to professional development and training, Mm -hmm. because a lot of people think they want to become an entrepreneur or they want to create a side business. Um, Everyone they thinks they want to be a CEO. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Until they're CEO. Right. And then um, right. <laughs> so, the, I think the hard part is, you know, being able to identify, you know, are they a level one, two, or three, you, you, you know what I mean? Um, and what type of services or, you know, plan would you allocate to that particular person based on where they are in their knowledge, skills, and aptitude to do the
0: work? So, um, well, that's what I that's yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, whatever their level is, they have to commit to it, it's not, you know. It's never something that just magically happens overnight. But All but, but, of the success stories are for the people that put in the work. Yeah, you can't but hire what, a consultant. But be what like,
1: Nicole is saying is like sometimes, you know, when you're going through that eight-week boot camp, mm-hmm. you got somebody right there with you. So right. there is some hand-holding, some pushing, like yep. one more push-up, one more sit-up, yeah. you know, one more burpee. Lord Jesus, help us with the burpees. Right. But um, when you... Find out where that person is, you know, um, you need to know, do you need to hold their hand because the concept that they have is a really good idea and you could see it evolve into a very successful business. So, but, you know, sometimes you have time to do things like that to work with people and sometimes you don't, right? Right. Um, and but all the, it's and all just, the money in the
2: world doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know. So
1: it, you know. aren't going to do it. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: Right. So wow, that was great. <laughs> that, I mean, that was really good. That was a wonderful conversation. I think that you know, even just bringing back into um, you know the dialogue about our guests and the you know the gems that they left with us and you know how we. Feel like they impacted us in making some changes in the way we do things. Um,
2: oh, for sure. I think one of the other things that a lot of touched on was sacrifice, mm-hmm. and, and and that you you cannot enter entrepreneurship without sacrifice, and yeah. that you have to be ready for it. Yeah. Well, what do you think you've
0: sacrificed most, Jackie, in all your years? Who sacrificed the most? Uh, cooking myself dinner. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to make me choke over here. She is really going to make me choke. (laughs) I really do. It makes me feel like an adult. I hate eating out, but I have to do it so much because I just don't have the time. And so when you have to pick between cutting up your vegetables and marinating your food versus I need this done so no one asks me about it in the morning. Right. Because no one – I have to beat the client at all times. you want you know deliver before the ass um those sacrifices are hard and i don't think people understand it or no i can't come to your birthday party or you know your wedding or all of those social things are like i'm coming Hmm. i may not be present like mentally but i'm physically here and everyone doesn't understand that they're like you've been on your computer or you've been on your phone or if I could count the number of vacations where all I did was sit. My friends were like poolside and I was inside on my computer. It's a lot of sacrifice and people don't get it. It's like, we're on a vacation. I'm like, girl, you got a nine to five. You are clocked out. Yeah. Nobody- y- Your boss gives you PTO, right. mine
2: is a bitch. Right, right. <laughs>
0: like, my PTO is that those bills still come in the mail. Like, and I don't really, like, until those bills are, like, in a negative in some form, I don't really get a day off. And getting people to understand that, like, you know, we were just talking, we're going to a conference, um, the ColorCom conference, where I'm the national comms director for 11 chapters across the globe, and this is the first conference I'm not actually working. So I'm, like, actually just attending. Wow. And I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah,
1: we're going to (laughs) network. Yeah, we're We're like
0: literally just going to network and hang out, be at a pool, enjoy things. And I'm like, this is my first vacation, even though it's still work. Right. Like, I'm still going to be working. I've like already looked at, you know, (laughs) where the holes are in the schedule where I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can like sleep in this day, do emails and work this day and then go to these events or go to these events. And then I'll go to bed early on this day. Um, And then I get one pool day right that like not four days i get one pool day and it's probably just going to be like for like three or four hours and then i'll fall asleep so you know like um getting people to understand those sacrifices of there's no off switch right um i think it's probably the biggest thing that like you don't you don't get to stop right i can't can't remember who talked about i think it was annika and she was like you know once you start There's no yellow light or, you know, no red light. Right. And you're just constantly putting one foot in front of the other because you have to constantly level up. You can't stop doing something. Right. Um, Because not only have you built an expectation for whoever your audience is or whoever your customer is, you've also built an expectation for yourself. Oh, yeah. And so... It's a never ending cycle <laughs> <laughs> It's just like i got to keep going i got to keep on she said going the this. dinner cooking yeah. the I <laughs> yeah, was like, oh God, I dinner i think it's wonderful yeah i i think it's wonderful how about you um
1: i'm going to say self care you know i've been through some bouts with my health and um you know the working and you know like jackie said eating out and you know not getting exercise in i mean i was an athlete all through high school college you know um my childhood yeah and um and then just not being able to you know keep a you know a some structure in how i take care of myself because i felt like i was always you know in the mindset of taking care of someone else so now you know um it's a little different now that jackie and i have you know Develop this partnership because I can, like, leave and say I'm going to do something and, um, you know, do some things for myself. Even if it's just, you know, walking along the waterfront or taking a ride on my bike or, right. you know, you know the hair and the nails are things that you can always kind of work in there. But it's just like those things where you just kind of unplug from everything and, you know, just focus on that. And then, um, you know, cooking healthy, you know, is a is another thing. You know, so it's like let me I can make this really quick or put it in a microwave or, you know, going out to eat. But I think self care has been my um, my biggest sacrifice in all of it because you know you know I had two girls as a single parent, so it was always trying to make sure that they were cared for first.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, your turn. I
2: <laughs> I I think for me has been. Um, uh, continuity and pay Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know because i've started different companies so it hasn't just been building one for many many years so often you start over Mm -hmm. there's a lot of hustle before the money comes in and it's hard because there's years where my husband has changed his career we had a huge downfall in detroit and we've lost jobs and there's not this oh this is your paycheck and this is my paycheck like yeah. i can have amazing months and years and i can have dry months and years yeah. and so that's hard on the other partner in in that cuz it's it's not just my money and my bills that need to get paid it's yeah. our money right, and our right, bills right. that need to get paid and so i think he always feels like like his is the paycheck, yeah. <laughs> mine is a gift. Yeah, <laughs> even though some years mine's come pretty close to his paycheck, yeah, but there are some years where it's nowhere near his paycheck, right. and it may as well be a gift because yeah. you know. And so that's hard—is that lack of continuity in in pay, which I think people don't. They see entrepreneurs and they're like, private jets and fancy handbags. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: Vacations.
2: Yeah. Vacations, my ass. <laughs> Ask any entrepreneur right, about vacations. Right. And they're like, What is that? Right. I go to
0: other places with my computer, if that's yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Or, Like, Um, I want to be poolside, but my laptop's going to overheat. Right. (laughs) Because I just have to stay inside for a while. There's that Hilton ad
2: where the the woman walks by and she's like, oh, laptop by the pool. That's a bold choice. Right. And I'm like, that just made me laugh. I'm like, yep, that's my life (laughs) if I want to enjoy it. I think the other is just the lack of continuity of time, Mm -hmm. where maybe I'm at my son's swim meet at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm also, like, up at midnight stuffing 200 swag bags for a client's event. Like, it just – I just feel like a hamster on a wheel I just everything the difference is I don't have like nine to five and then, then it's like the kids and dinner and baths and walk the right. dog it's all just
0: meshed it's together dinner.
2: so yeah. there are days where yeah I'm at lunch at noon with my mom just having mm-hmm. some fun and then, I also
0: haven't seen her but. Right. <laughs> but, it, but I also
2: got up at 5 a.m to yeah. start emails and I'll be on a call at 10 30 tonight like and the email never stops. so I think it's it's just the you have to be really comfortable with like chaos I and mean, yes. just not knowing when the next thing is coming. So you just have to be comfortable with, yeah, no, that paycheck, you know, and because we're entrepreneurs, you build people, then there's like 30, 60, 90. Are you going to pay right, that? Right. Like, <laughs> so right. not having a weekly paycheck, you know, not having a weekly schedule, like, you just have to be comfortable with. Come as you may, we'll yeah. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I and I actually am thankful for that because I think it just makes your life so much easier. Because like really, like n- nothing shakes me. Yeah. I'm like, great, the car has a flat tire. And you know, we got a different, we got an extra car. I'll yeah. just drive the kid to school today. Right, like right. It, it helps you be a problem solver when
1: your entire life just feels mm-hmm. like a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, in a, in a nutshell, that's what we all are, right? right. Problem yeah. solvers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't think anybody ever gets out of like. No, there are really crazy days, but you just got to figure it out. Yeah.
1: But the month of July,
0: doesn't it just seem like, I feel like... <sighs>
1: I for July drive. it's yeah. 90 degrees outside. no but I'm just saying relative <laughs> to the work schedule and travel schedule and all of those things well that's know, because I was sleeping in our own bed forced her I cook to a not dinner. travel this
0: month <laughs> oh my god She's I like, feel yeah what do you mean we're not going we're not going to see our clients as like oh we're not my god. going
2: which is funny because like this July has been chaos for me
0: yeah you've been everywhere right? I've
2: been well, right so I've, I've been trying to like mix like I have social stuff and I have work stuff and yeah. I have clients but I have business clients and then i occasionally do like personal events so i have a yeah. wedding client like which is a just
1: got a totally <laughs> oh gosh to she's stuttering wedding
2: <laughs> <laughs> get it out like Cole. every time i do one cause i do corporate <laughs> events and i have corporate clients who call yeah. me and they're like my daughter's getting married and then i go and do them and then i'm reminded why i don't do yeah. weddings yeah. and so um and why i love corporate events All right. um but this is actually a lovely couple. Like she's seventy-two and he's eighty. Like it is the most oh adorable, right? Like how can that? There do this? is it's,
1: still hope. There's still
2: hope, and they're <laughs> so adorable together. It is the sweetest thing ever, and it's nice because a breath of fresh air to just do something totally like in, you know, in in my lane, but on the other side of it. So yeah. it's, they're just so sweet and so cute, and I absolutely love doing it. But it's just been a crazy July. I'm like, what happened to July? Yeah. Like usually, like everyone's traveling, no one wants to do any work. I don't know what happened. Everyone wants to work this July. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. As
0: long as I'm like in my own bed.
2: <laughs> I thankfully don't travel for most of my clients. So I'm, I'm very fortunate in that. But it's even the ones here. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Go on vacation now. Like, like,
2: please. Yeah. July should see my safe month. It is not a safe month. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. No. So it's been, it's been good. It's been a good little Ride. summer. <laughs> yeah. I'm just happy to be at home. I still haven't <laughs> been able to make myself dinner, but cuz like you said nobody else is on vacation right now. Um so maybe that'll change in August. But if you maybe. could all
2: go on vacation in August <laughs> that would be great.
0: That would be great. Yeah. We should plan that. For our clients. fact, we're going to actually
2: open a travel agency now or make sure all of our clients are traveling <laughs> right, in the month right. of August. You
0: don't have a vacation? We got you. We can plan an excellent <laughs> vacation. We are planners by nature. I know, right? Um Wait, I think I have a new idea. <laughs> When we start the Humble Hustle Traveling Agency. You see, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I just really wanted to make sure we took some time to to really talk about our guests. I think this is our 10th episode. woo um, So we're officially about to be in launch mode. And we wanted to make sure, you know, you guys had enough content um, to understand what our mission was in this and I think we did a really good job with the first yes. two episodes. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations, ladies. <laughs> yeah. And like, so many yeah. more exciting things to come. So I this know.
2: this is just the beginning. Yeah. yeah. It's about to get crazy. If the I'm fear both. was
1: like breathing out of me. It was like a dragon. like rah! It was. But guess what? This has <laughs> been a wonderful ride.
0: I have really, really, really enjoyed I'm so happy it. happy you said that. <laughs> yes. I'm serious. She was like, I don't know what this I was looks like. Podcast. I don't know how you do this. No 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 no. I don't want to talk
1: to anybody. I talk too much training. I know, nah. Like you talk all the time,
0: you'll be fine. <laughs> Let's go. She's a yeah. natural. Look what happened. Right. And right. wonderful. Well, thanks, and I am ladies. so
1: excited about the launch and you know all of the future
0: episodes to come. You know you're not involved, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's not involved in the launch. She just has to come. Perfect. She
1: can't. No I, no, I didn't. She's I not didn't a planner. Say, I didn't say planning the launch. I, I just, just said, want to make sure I'm on air yes, saying it.
0: Yes. Yeah You are not yes. involved. We're going to tell you a date no, to show up. As the
2: control freak event
1: planner in the group,
0: she can't be involved.
1: No, I don't want to be involved in that.
0: Yeah. That Her problem-solving no. skills do not go into events. Absolutely not. Those are
1: my favorite
2: problem-solving skills. Me, too. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah.
1: we got this. Don't worry. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. Got it. You got but if it. But we
2: need to train
1: people for the launch? <laughs> Absolutely. That, that is on her. Yes. Yeah. If you want some written process and procedures, <laughs> I'm your gal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not for an event, though. Outside of this, no. Nah. <laughs> Perfect.
0: But all right. Thanks, ladies. This was great. All right. Yes. We will
1: talk to you guys soon. All righty. Goodbye.
2: Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us. If you like what you've heard, please rate, review, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen. We should definitely hang out more. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at thehumblehustle.co and on our website at www.thehumblehustle.co. Have questions, need advice, have an idea? Drop us a line at hello at thehumblehustle.co. We are proudly recorded in the studios of Motor City Woman. All production and editing is by Robin Kinney.